Um, if your Bibles are with you, if you're at home, uh, grab your Bible wherever you may be. If you're sitting in this sanctuary, up in the sound booth, wherever you may be, grab your Bible. Turn with me to two places. Uh, you can actually turn to the first place because the second one you'll just turn a page or two in your Bible anyway. But 2 Timothy chapter 4, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'll be reading verse 17 and 18, and then we'll flip over uh, to Titus chapter 3, and we'll be reading uh, verses 1 through 8. But uh, so let's start with 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me, and that all the Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work, and to preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Over to Titus chapter 3, starting with verse 1, maybe a page or two, turn in your Bible. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. But... But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us through the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, not having been justified, or, or ha that having been justified by his grace we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Let's pray. Father, we just ask for the work of your Holy Spirit, the anointing of your Holy Spirit, the drenching of your Holy Spirit, on this text, on these passages, on me as I uh, preach and teach and share your word, on my brothers and sisters as they're listening, anyone that doesn't know you, Lord, that you would open their ears and soften their hearts and open their eyes. Those of us that know you, Lord, we would indeed be drawn into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and grow in your grace this morning. I need your strength. We all need your strength. We all need your presence and your power and your refreshing not only today, but throughout this coming year. And so we just ask, Lord, for your anointing on this service. And Lord, strengthen us to do your will. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Aren't you glad that your life is not nearly dependent on you as it is on the faithfulness of God? I know I am. I'm so thankful that I'm not, it's not nearly dependent upon me as it is the Lord. Yes, we absolutely have a role to play in regards to our will and surrender. 
But if it weren't for the grace of God, our will wouldn't even matter. As 2020 was coming to a close, and then with the start of 2021, the Lord had me thinking a lot about His grace. And He took me back to these two passages that that I just read, and several other passages as well, as sources of insight, of encouragement, of strength, of hope, of faith, of peace, and of clarity on waiting on the Lord. The afternoon of uh, Christmas Day, most of you know by now, I got sick relatively quickly. In a short period of time, my fever just soared, and I felt miserable in no time. The night before had been this anointed Christmas Eve service and worship. Christmas morning had been really nice. We read the Word as a family. We prayed. We opened some presents. I ate Sarah's amazing coffee cake, and I think I had three slices. But around 1 p.m., I just went downhill really, really quick. I was both freezing and on fire at the same time. Literally, I felt my skin burning, and yet I was freezing. I had this strong sense right then and there that I had COVID-19. The whole family got it as well. Of course, I did have it, found out uh, a week later, but the whole family got it as well within the next 24 hours. We had made it almost to the end of the year virus-free. And then it hit on the 360th day of the year, because there's a leap year. Normally it would have been 359th day, but on the 360th day of the year, it hits. Now, I'm not special. Our family isn't special. We're not special. More than 21 million Americans, at least, and probably more that haven't been tested, have contracted the virus. And sadly, more than 360,000 people so far have passed away. Sickness is all around us, not only here but around the world. But uh, in our own country, about 1.8 million people annually get cancer. About 600,000 die from it every year. Cardiovascular and heart disease claims even more lives than cancer. Numerous other illnesses and chronic conditions are everywhere and they're all around us. Not just sickness, so are trials and other difficulties, financial challenges, disappointments, opposition, setbacks. We all experience these things. And we can try and do everything just right We try and make all the right precautions. We try and do everything just right spiritually and practically and physically, and still we get blindsided by things in our life. And guess what? God allows it all. And it's even part of His work of grace in our lives. But our first thought, when the unexpected waves hit us, we think, how, how did God miss this? How did he not see this coming? Well, he didn't miss it, and he never does. Oswald Chambers, he said this, he said, it is only the loyal soul who believes that God engineers circumstances. 
We take such liberty with our circumstances. We do not believe that God engineers them, although we say we do. We treat the things that happen as if they were engineered by men. I read this exactly seven days before Christmas Day, and it really struck me. How often my first thought is, why didn't I do such and so? If I would have only done this differently, if I would have done this. But most of the time, oftentimes, it's not about us. The reality is that God wants to, no matter what we've done or prepared, God wants to take us through things to remind us that we live by His grace and we live by faith. And to work through us by that same grace. To work through us by grace. If you're taking notes this morning, you saw the title earlier, Grace to do His will in 2021. His will is all that matters. Now I've underscored or under kind of the uh, secondary title, His amazing work of grace working through us. His amazing work of grace working through us. But I want to go back to Paul's reminder in Titus 3 and how it all maps back to the grace of God, that unmerited and undeserved favor, provision, and protection that he bestows through Christ in our lives. If you're taking notes, look back with me uh, to Titus chapter 3. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities and to obey and to be ready for every good work and to speak evil of no one, verse 1 and 2, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Now, we'll look, That part of the passage applies more to my last point, which corresponds to verse 8, but pick it up in verse 3. For we ourselves were also once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy and hateful and hating one another. We'll stop right there. If you're taking notes, the first thing I want to look at this morning is our past. The most important things, the most important things in our life, help put all the other things into perspective. In moments and in situations... In seasons, we get overwhelmed by our circumstances, our desires, our feelings. All of these things overwhelm us or uh, just kind of saturate us. That's part of our humanity. But it's the truth that again and again and again sets us free. Not salvation again and again, but the truth of God continues to set us free. And the truth is what the Lord Jesus has done for our souls outweighs everything else we can possibly think of. In other words, what He's done for our souls makes everything else look small in comparison. Deep down, we know this. As I'm sure you're aware, death will claim one out of every one person's. Even people that seem to have it all together, they have all the answers, they have all the success, they have the world by a string, but nobody outruns death. 
nobody. The scriptures tell us in Hebrews 9.27, and as it is appointed for men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Everyone, we have a lot of arrogance in our country. You see the upheaval taking place in our country. You see the, just the godlessness. But everyone has an appointment with death and an appointment with the judgment to face God. And because death is actually the result of sin, death entered because of sin. If there wasn't sin, there wouldn't have been death. But because death is the result of sin, there has to be something outside of us to rescue us from sin and death. And we have to understand that A, we can't clean ourselves from sin. B, we can't keep ourselves physically alive. No matter what we do, no matter how healthy we are, we can't, we can't cleanse ourselves from sin, we can't keep ourselves alive, and we can't save our own soul, something that's invisible, but God sees the soul. We can't do any of those three things. I say again, we can't cleanse ourselves, we can't keep ourselves alive, and we can't save our own souls. And that's where grace comes in. As it comes only from God, it's completely outside of us. The whole world receives His common grace, sunshine, oxygen, water, this fact that our cells most times are working, we're not telling them to work. We receive common grace, but there's the saving grace that's even greater, far greater, infinitely greater. But we're experiencing grace constantly even when we're not aware of it. If it were not for the grace of God, none of us would be breathing right now. None of us would have survived 2020. None of us would have another day on this earth if it weren't for God's grace. None of us would be hearing this reminder this morning of His grace, which is very gracious of God to remind us of His Word. But even if you're saved... No matter the fact that we're still flawed and imperfect, we can see and remember that God has changed us from self-destruction and changed our desires. Look at this list. For we ourselves were once foolish. Check. Disobedience. Check. Deceived. Check. Serving various lusts. Check. Pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Check. Hateful and hating one another. Check. Check. It's a description of our nation, isn't it? Because our nation is a bunch of souls, individual souls, that we have an attraction to sin and rebellion because of the original fall. It's passed to all of us in sin and death, but God with the incoming of His grace, the outpouring of His grace with salvation, He changes our desires. I used to be fine with some of these things in the list. Now my spirit is unsettled if I start to incline myself to act in any of these ways. The Lord said, no, no, I've taken you out of that. I've given you the grace to now walk in a pure and a righteous, not perfect, but a, in a holy manner. And how did God do this? How did He do it in my life and in many of your lives? Let's take a look at this next section, His provision 
pick it up with verse 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior appeared toward man. We have no hope if the words, but when, do not appear from heaven. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared. No hope if this but is not in here. We just celebrated the Christmas story. But just as Mary became pregnant with Jesus outside of herself, in other words, she had nothing to do with it. She didn't ask for it. She didn't even understand how it came about. God just implanted the Lord in her. The same is true of our salvation. We have nothing to do with it other than the sins that are in us and we've committed in our life, but again, we're born in sin, other than the sins that we need to have atoned by the salvation that comes from the God. That's, that comes from God. That's the only thing we've contributed is the sins that make His grace necessary. Every aspect of our salvation, the means of our salvation, and the redemption of our souls comes unsolicited from God our Savior. We wouldn't even have known what to ask for. We certainly didn't know our need before God sent salvation. Remember when Adam and Eve had sinned, they grabbed some fig leaves. They knew something was wrong. They knew uh, they were naked. They needed to do something. They said, grab, they grabbed some fig leaves. But then what did God do? He shed the blood of animals and covered them with the skins. It was a picture that God alone knows what's actually needed and he provides what's actually needed. And all of this would be fulfilled in who? In Jesus, in the Messiah. Let's read verses 4 through 7 again, just straight through. But when the kindness and love of God, aren't you thankful for the kindness and love of God? Our Savior, we needed a Savior. We didn't need uh, a king at that time. We didn't need a ruler. We needed a Savior. Toward man appeared. He came to man, came as a man to man, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. None of us, our best day on earth, doesn't earn us a second of his redemption, but according to his mercy, not giving us what we deserved, he saved us through the washing of regeneration. It is a complete new work to regenerate. And the renewing of the Holy Spirit, it's supernatural. It's the third member of the Trinity coming into our hearts, whom he poured out on us abundantly, not just a little bit, but lavishly, through Jesus Christ, our, there's the word again, Savior that having been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We had nothing but eternal death, and He exchanged it for eternal life because He's a Savior, and it all was done by the work of His grace. And all of this that we just read is beyond marvelous in its provision. And it's all... 100% by His grace. It's right there in the 7th verse. Justified by His grace. 
You know the hymn, Grace, Grace, God's Grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. This was and is the greatest need. As the thief on the cross could attest to. Remember, uh, Jesus had two criminals on either side. But one softened his heart to the Lord, and, and that thief could attest to the fact that he knew he had no more days on earth. He knew he would never see his kids get married. He wouldn't celebrate any more anniversaries. He needed grace to save his soul. Nothing else mattered for eternity except for the saving of his soul. All those other things, they can be part of God's grace as well, but the grace that he needed and we need was the saving of the soul. But if it's not our appointment, and if you're listening today, it's not been your appointment just yet. If it's not our appointment, that grace still goes on. That saving grace goes on in our life. And just, with, just as it is with the grace of salvation, the grace for each situation is always in proportion to what God alone knows that we need. We don't think we need some of the things that come our way, but God says, no, no, you need that. You need to not only be saved by grace, but you need to experience living by grace. Which is a great encouragement to us. I really needed, I really needed truly in my soul and in my spirit, in my mind, I really needed the grace of 2 Timothy 2, 17 and 18, which was the first passage that I read. Let me read it again. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me. This is Paul speaking, and Paul's saying, hey, the Lord stood with me, the Lord strengthened me, that the message might be fully preached through me. What message? The message of the gospel, and that all the Gentiles might hear. In other words, everyone that God was going to send him to, God wanted them to hear this message. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of lions, certainly uh, metaphoric for Satan himself opposing Paul, and he opposes all of us that are going to live godly. And then in verse 18, and the Lord will deliver me this is now that grace has produced faith. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And Paul could testify, the Lord stood with me. The Lord preserved me for his purposes, his gospel, his kingdom, that his name would be glorified. And I needed that grace of 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 17 and 18, to strengthen my mind and to strengthen my faith. I, I got that verse on Christmas Day when I started to feel horrible and I knew I'm, I'm pretty sure I have COVID. Uh, how far downhill could I go? How fast? That kind of thing. All these things in your mind. Uh, COVID is one of those things that can work your mind as much as your body. It's not the only one. People that get all kinds of, there's far worse things that can happen uh, than that. And there's many things that do that. But when you get a passage from the Lord, it's His grace to say, just cling to this. In fact, uh, as I was 
By the second or third day, still, I actually, my fever went even higher uh, the next day up to 103.5, and I was even more on fire. There was one prescription uh, used with great success. Um, it's not the one you're thinking of, probably. You'd say, it's a hydrochloric. No, I'm not, not that. There was a prescription, though, that has been used quite a bit with success um, here and around the world, and I almost was going to call my doctor and, and maybe ask him to order it. And, uh, but this passage was my medicine. It was my food to my soul and to my mind and to my spirit. And as I looked into the Word, I really did, I looked into the Word and said, Lord, what, what would you have me do? I'm taking these other things. I'm, I'm just resting, drinking tons of fluids and you know, praying for my own wife and daughter and we're daughters and we're doing all this that you've asked us to do. Uh, I looked into the Word and sensed the Spirit said, no, don't make that call. Do not call and ask for that prescription. I'll stand with you so that the gospel will be preached. It was as clear as a bell. I got multiple passages. The Lord was as clear. No, do not call. I've got you. You see, I needed, I needed to get the virus. Apparently our whole family needed to get it. And even if you don't get it, and I hope that most and perhaps all, I hope none of you get it. Or if you do get it, I hope you get very mild or asymptomatic viral load or whatever, you know, whatever it is that's very mild and, or not get it at all. That, that's my prayer, that's my hope. And that's been the case for many people. But regardless, that's up to God. It's always up to God. He engineers the circumstances to go back to the very beginning of this message. He engineers the circumstances, everything, the little annoyances in our life, the painful things that come our way, the hard and difficult things that came into my life in 2020 and will come again in 2021, and everything that came into your life, the hard things, the annoying things, the difficult things, Everything that came into your life or will come into your life, God allows it. And it's all allowed by His what? By His grace. And He's faithful to give us whatever we need to take one step forward, to press forward to the high calling of the Lord. You know the passage. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And He said to me, God speaking directly to the Apostle Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. We hate weakness. But God says, I, I need to sometimes make you weak and barely able to stand or uh, weak in your spirit or just kind of uh, exhausted and maybe through trials or tribulations, but my grace is sufficient, therefore most gladly will I rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So often we can't have the power of Christ until we've been brought to that state of weakness. That last sentence is such a true uh, understanding of the Christian life. Grace in the fire brings power. Grace in the fires of life brings His power as long as we keep looking to Him and looking to His grace and saying, Lord, I'm counting on the sufficiency of Your grace. Go back to Titus uh, 3. You have this beautiful uh, understanding of 
here is our past. Our greatest need was that we were dead in our trespasses and sin and we were producing nothing but uh, the vile things that are listed there in verse 3. And then we see the kindness and love of God and, and the outpouring of His mercy and His grace and the salvation that only comes from God, us not even knowing we needed it. But then we have verse 8. I want to close with that final verse this morning, which I've titled Our Purpose. Look at verse 8. And it, and it, let's go back to verse 1 and 2 because they, verse 1 and 2 correspond to verse 8. Remind them, who's them? Well, Titus was a pastor. Paul's writing to Titus. Titus is a pastor. Paul, of course, is a pastor and an apostle. Paul writing to Titus, and Titus being a pastor, he's saying, hey, remind the body of Christ, remind the church, remind Calvary Chapel, Crete, uh, or what, what, you know, wherever you may be, in our case, uh, Calvary Chapel, Richmond, remind them, remind the body of Christ to be subject to rulers and authorities and to obey and to be ready. In other words, be filled with the Holy Spirit, ready for every good work, walking in the Spirit, walking in grace, to speak evil of no one, which is the opposite of our society right now, to be peaceable, which is the opposite of our society right now, to be gentle, which is the opposite of our society right now, showing all humility to all men, which is the opposite of our society right now. For remember what you've been saved from and how it happened through Jesus Christ and His grace and His blood, the work of His Spirit. So be ready for every good work. Pick it up with verse 8. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you to affirm constantly, so I've got to keep preaching this type, type of things, or these type of things all throughout 2021, constantly, that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. Our purpose. Last point this morning. Our trials and difficulties, they don't exempt us from serving Christ. Whatever we're going through, have gone through, will go through, our trials and difficulties, they don't exempt us from serving Christ and serving others no, in fact, they fit us to serve Christ and others. They empower us to fulfill His will and His purpose. His will and His purpose is all that matters. He doesn't want our opinion or what we think should be done or how things should go. And it's because of grace we're called to go forward and complete the works that God has pre-prepared for us to fulfill. There's works that He says, I'm going to have you, Tim, in 2021. These are things you're going to fulfill. These are, these are works I'm going to have you walk out, live out, serve out. And the same for those of you that are here this morning, those of you that are watching online. He wants us to fulfill these things, to live them, to complete them. Now is not the time for the body of Christ to sit on the sidelines. Yeah, there'll be times we need to rest. I had to rest the last couple of weeks. There'll be times we need to rest. But even when you're resting, you're not on the sidelines in the sense, I got to pray even more for people. Pray even more for many situations. People that are suffering. People that have prodigals. People that are lost. People that are under attack. All of these things. So there's never a time to be on the sidelines. Even if we're resting. 
And it's because of grace and because of the fact that grace is in fact supernatural. It comes from God, so it's supernatural. And it is amazing. We don't just sing about amazing grace. It is amazing, not only for our salvation, but for our sanctification and to live for the Lord. We know this passage as well. Because of grace, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Which is better read, much better read, through Christ I can do all things. It's through Him, only Him, by Him. Grace, it secures us. It reminds us. It strengthens us. And it spurs us, even in the mundane and the monotonous days, the frightening days, the confusing days, the taxing days, the tiring days, you name it, His grace is always, always enough. And no matter what we're going through, look what it says in verse 8. Those who have believed in God, no matter what we're going through, if we've believed in God and continue to believe in God, and if you don't, I suppose you can do whatever you want. If you don't believe in God, you can kind of choose whatever you want to do, which is extremely short-sighted and won't work anyway, but people can do that. But if we have believed in God, and if we do believe in God and are believing in Him, will by faith, through His grace, His grace, will be careful, will be conscientious, will be committed to maintaining the works of faith until he calls us home. We won't make excuses. We'll say, no, Lord, I must maintain this life of faith and do the works you've called me to do. And even if you're not being reminded on a Sunday or a Wednesday, you're reminding yourself because the Holy Spirit is bringing it back to your attention in the Word. But to maintain the works of faith, that makes our call for 2021 really very clear. In my case, the Lord stood with me. He gave me the passage on Christmas Day. As soon as I started getting sick, He said, I'll stand with you that the message might be fully preached. I'm going to stand with you. You will preach this message. Not just this message. I mean the message of the Scriptures. The Gospel itself will continue to be preached because the Lord says, I'll stand with you. And He'll stand with you, brother and sister, those of you that are watching online, those of you who are here this morning. He will stand with you to help you to keep studying His Word, to keep praying, to keep ministering to and encouraging others, to keep giving by faith of your time, your talent, your treasure, to keep sharing Jesus with those you come in contact with that are lost and are in darkness and are deceived by this nation, by entertainment, by the God of this age. He'll keep you by grace, being a disciple, and making disciple. He will help you and keep you in becoming a prayer warrior. The results, as we maintain these things by His grace, through faith, the results, well, the results always belong to God. They only belong to God. You don't have to try and make results. You just do the things that God says to do. And he'll give you the grace and me the grace to do it. And then the results, they all belong to him. A couple of years back, Pastor Jim Simbla told us as a group of pastors, he made it real simple. He said, men, your job, pray, 
preach, plod. Pray, preach, plod. Pray, preach, plod. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Keep praying, keep preaching. Of course, you have to study the word to preach. And plodding, just keep serving Jesus and serving other people whether it's a good day, bad day, sick day, healthy day, doesn't matter. Maintain. Paul's saying, no matter what you're going through, all the things, Jesus has already met your greatest need. You're saved. You're not where you once were. Now, no matter what comes your way, he'll give you the grace to go through it. Now maintain. Do these things. Don't make excuses for yourself and myself. God's grace is there to help us to simply obey day by day by day. And what happens? Well, the results again belong to the Lord, but we do know these things will happen. How they look, the, the whatever, whatever fold increases up to God, but we'll end up with more faith, deeper faith, new fruit in our lives, new fruit in other people's lives, new victories, will be done in and through us things that we did not think were possible. Charles Wesley, after he, shortly after he got saved, thinking about the grace of God that had come into his life, he said, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumph of His grace. Grace will help us to triumph in this new year, no matter what's happening in Washington or New York or Los Angeles or in the hospitals or anywhere else, His grace is great if we say, Lord, I'm going to just commit to clinging to You. He'll be faithful. He'll stand with us. Just cling to His grace. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we are so grateful for so great a salvation that came by the grace that we did not know how to ask for. We wouldn't have even known what to ask for, but you sent forth your Son with the kindness and the love and the mercy and this bountiful grace. Grace that's great enough to save us from our sins and grace that's great enough to keep us and sanctify us and grow us in faith that we can complete our mission in life, our calling in life, the works that you've called us to do, to grow in our love for you and our love for others. And Lord, it's my prayer here this morning, Lord, that no matter what we are facing, will face, have faced, Lord, we will remember that you've already met our greatest need in saving our soul. And then you will meet every other need today, tomorrow, and the months to come. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, encourage and strengthen each person. If Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, they'll call upon your name and receive the grace of forgiveness. And Lord, those of us that know you will be refreshed in that forgiveness and refreshed in that grace and strength to believe by faith for new steps of victory and triumph in you. For Jesus, you are faithful to complete what you began in our lives. As you were faithful in 2020, you will be faithful in this new year. And we are so thankful for your amazing grace. It's in your name we pray. Amen.